Hi, and thank you for joining us on uh, this edition of Minding Your Business. Uh, today we are going to be speaking with our guest, Chris Perosi of the Tech Gods in Lancaster, California. And he's going to be talking to us about business tech problems and solutions. Uh, if you want to call in and have any questions for Chris, the call-in number is 347-855-8831. And before we get into the show, just a reminder that February is Heart Month, and uh, it's a good opportunity to make some donations to those heart-friendly foundations. If you go to our website at www.peterlamontesq.com, you will find a link on the bottom of the home page uh, to Giving Back. And on that uh, page, you will find donation information for the American Heart Association as well as for Little Hearts, which is a wonderful uh, charity for uh, congenital heart defects. So take advantage of that. Make some donations. Uh, it's for a good cause. Uh, so getting back to the show, I'd like to introduce Chris. Chris, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Peter. Sure. Um, let's talk a little bit about technology. Now, we all know that technology is supposed to make our lives better. Uh, it's supposed to make our personal and business lives more efficient, get more done in, in less time. But we also know that that's not always the case. Uh, I'm sure that everybody can uh, relate to standing around a printer having sent a job to the printer 15 minutes ago, wondering where it is, did somebody take it. Um, and all of these delays definitely can lead to a decrease in office productivity. Uh, so let's talk about some of that. Chris, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your business, your experience, and then uh, you know, get into the subject. Okay, well, my business is the Tech Gods. Uh, we run a, uh, an office out of uh, Lancaster, California. Um, that's uh, about an hour north of L.A., uh, basically, what we do is we do computer consulting. We do uh, consulting with businesses as well as with residential clients. Um, you know, we can fix pretty much any technology problems that uh, that these people may have. Um, when we deal with businesses, obviously, there's a lot of uh, a lot of call to try to fix productivity issues. Um, you know, people click and wait pretty much, and that's that's a big, huge time waster and, and therefore money waster in business. Um, so when somebody, you know, say clicks on something and they're waiting for it to come up before, you know, before something loads, you know, there's obviously a lot of different things that they can do to, to fix that. And, uh, you know, in a larger company, hopefully they have more, you know, more of the, the newest technology and things like that. Um, but smaller companies don't really have those luxuries. They don't have the luxury to go out and spend, you know, $30,000 on new computers every year and a half for every two years. Um, so smaller companies, you know, might be running running computers that are four or five years old. So there's there's different things that we can do to help those companies out, um, you know, that larger companies don't have to deal with. Um, and at the same time, you know, we, we also deal with uh, residential clients. We deal with uh, networking and, and uh, home wireless and virus removal and things like that. And obviously, you know, all that, you know, works back and forth from business to residential clients as well. Do you, uh, you have a website or a place where people I can do. go to, to look into your business? Yeah, um, I have a, a website. Uh, the website is uh, www.the-tech-gods.com. So that's www.thetechgods.com with dashes in between the and tech and gods. Um, I also have a Facebook. You can look us up under the Tech Gods, and it will come right up, uh, Lancaster, California. Um 
I have, uh, you know, different information about our, our experience and our uh, products and services and all that kind of uh, stuff on there as well. Um, the phone number is uh, 661-524-5140, and certainly I'd be happy to discuss any problems with anybody. You know, all I have to do is call, and there's no charge for the call. So, uh, again, that's 661-524-5140. All right, that's great. Thanks, Chris. So I'm sure, having worked with businesses all the time, that you have, uh, you know, been brought in to small, mid-sized companies, and you've got somebody saying, you know, our office is down, we, we can't access the Internet, we can't print, we can't, you know, run our system. Um, tell us about some of the problems that you've encountered with, you know, smaller or mid-sized businesses. And the reason that I'm focusing on them is primarily large companies, they're going to have an in-house tech department or IT guy, right? That's correct, yes. All right, so we're, yeah, we're so, focusing... Uh, on the on the small to mid-sized businesses, right? Because the small to mid-sized businesses, you know, they they're going to call somebody like me, or or uh, you know, certainly some of my competitors. Um, you know, there's lots of us out there doing this uh, computer consulting, um, and basically we are the uh, the Department of Information Technologies for companies that don't have one of their own. Um, so when they have a problem, you know, they they can give us a call, and we'll be out there. We can we can do remote support, or we can uh, come out to their site and uh, fix whatever their issues are. Um, the biggest problem I, I find with uh, some of the smaller and mid-sized businesses is that they don't call quick enough. You know, they have a problem, and they, they just keep, you know, going against that problem for, for three, four weeks, a month, two months, and they don't actually call and, and just get it fixed. And they're just afraid to pay the money. But, you know, it's not that much money when you consider that every minute that you're wasting, you're paying employees to just waste time. You know, so you really have to kind of weigh that out and balance that out with, uh, you know, with the money that you're going to spend on the service call, which really isn't that much, you know, in the scheme of things. Um, right. So if they can get somebody like me out there on, on site, I can fix it in, in, you know, half an hour, get it all back up and running, get it running the way it's supposed to be, and, and then they can uh, save money that way. And it really makes a big difference. And, and you know, a point that you made earlier, which was uh, that you can do work remotely, that should certainly help businesses as well, because a lot of Absolutely. times people don't want to be bothered having people come in and out of the office. Right. Right. Actually, we have uh, we do monthly maintenance contracts on businesses uh, where basically we go in and we make sure their computers are running with all the up-to-date software and all the uh, updates that they need from, from Windows, and uh, we make sure that there's no spyware and malware and viruses on the computers, and we do this all after hours through remote support. So uh, basically, we're, we're not going in there. I know a lot of the problem with maintenance contracts in the past has been that, you know, you have to schedule a day, and then somebody has to be away from their desk for half an hour or an hour while you work on their computer, and that just, you know, screws with uh, productivity, uh, whereas if you can do it remotely after hours, you know, they all go home at 5 o'clock, they leave their computers on, and, you know, say 7 o'clock, I log in and I spend an hour or two and I, I take care of all the maintenance on the computers, and, you know, I don't get in anybody's way, and it's, it's a wonderful thing, really. Oh, that is, that is, uh, especially because, you know, we're, we're trying to help people become more productive with the use of technology, and, and quite often, you know, you have, um, you know, a, a, an owner of a company, a manager, a boss, that doesn't quite get the whole idea of tech support, and when somebody comes in and takes an additional half an hour away from an employee, it becomes a frustration as opposed to, oh, we're getting the problem fixed. Exactly. Now, when you go into these companies, um, there's got to be a few you know, top uh, recurring issues that you've seen. Can you identify for us some of the, the, the main issues that you see on a, on a you know, repetitive basis? 
Well, for the, the smaller to mid-sized businesses, the, the biggest thing that I see is that they have older technology, and they're not spending the, the money or the time to to get it to the point where it's helping their employees out. So you get that click-and-wait scenario that I spoke about earlier. Basically, you know, you click on something, you open up a program, it takes five minutes to come up, the employee goes to get coffee, it takes ten minutes instead of the five, and it's just a, a terrible cycle that, that starts up because of that, and you end up wasting a lot of time. So there's a couple things you can do to really increase the productivity of your computer. Um, on my website, there's a, a blog up about how to uh, increase the, or how to set the computer to run in performance mode. Um, basically, when, when a computer is set up from the factory, it comes to you with all of the pretty Windows things, and, and things are animated, and they have nice round corners and stuff like that, which is great, except it doesn't really do anything for business. It doesn't help business in any way. Um, time is money, so you don't really need to see pretty windows with, you know, nice cutesy corners and things like that, you really want the computer to work for you because that's what it is. It's a tool. So uh, basically there's there's a way to go into uh, your computer properties and set the, uh, the computer to what's called performance mode, which basically takes most of that pretty stuff away, but it increases your computer, you know, the speed of your computer exponentially. It really makes a huge difference. So, uh, like I said, on my website, there's a blog. If you go to the techgods.com, T-H-E-T-E-C-H-G-O-D-S.com, if you go to the blog there, there's a, an instructional blog as far as how to go ahead and set your computer to performance mode. This way, you can use it to the full potential that it has. Um, another big problem I see in, in uh, businesses is uh, they have, you know, computers have viruses, spyware, malware on them all the time. And, you know, no matter what you use as far as your, your protection, something will always get through. There, there's always some trick that, that tricks you into clicking into onto something. And once you click on it, you basically circumvent your virus protection. You know, once you click on it, you've kind of given it permission to run, even though you have the virus protection there. You click on something and, and you, don't, you don't realize you're not supposed to click on it, and suddenly you have something running in the background on your computer that you don't want. A lot of this stuff is not traditional viruses in the, in the respect that they harm your files and things like that. Um, what it really is is uh, they have these pieces of software that run on your computer that kind of track what you're doing. They say, oh, you know, he was searching for boots yesterday. Let me, let me give him an ad for this boot, you know, this particular boot retail outlet, you know. So they, uh, they basically use your computer's processing power to, you know, get you to buy things and things like that. So it's not technically harmful, but it uses your computer's processing power and therefore slows you down, which wastes money in a business. Right. So uh, it's important to keep these things cleaned off your computer you know, all the time. That's why, like I said, we have these monthly maintenance contracts where we go in, we do this stuff after hours, we clean it all off, we make sure it's all nice and clean and everything's running properly. We install some tools that help those things from coming back. But like I said, no matter what you really have, you'll eventually get some sort of infection on your computer because there's just new ways to do this every day. So, you know, virus companies don't know about it yet and suddenly you have something before they even know about it, you know. Um, so, another big so, problem... Oh, if you don't mind, I just wanted to touch on yeah. something that you mentioned. Uh, you know, a lot of people listening will say, oh, I've got an antivirus program, and that'll take care of it all. But it sounds to me like what you're saying is that these, you know, pieces of software, these, these this malware that gets installed on your computer, it, it happens so quickly that the antivirus programs might not be updated uh, quickly enough to, to really remove them and that, you know, having somebody come in and actually... Um, facilitate the removal on a, a daily or weekly, monthly basis is probably better. Is that is that true? Exactly, yes. Yeah. See, what what happens is, uh, you know, I started in this business as a programmer. So, you know, say I were to program a virus today, 
that would go in and, and do something malicious to your computer. You know, virus companies wouldn't know about that virus for, you know, maybe a month, two months before, you know, two million people already have it. And then they'd say, oh, we have this one we have to deal with, and they'd write the programming to get rid of it. Um, so you get these things that, that are too new for the virus scanners and too new for the, uh, the malware scanners and things like that. Um, and what happens is you, you end up, you know, you get, you get these, these infections and the software that you have may not be ready to deal with them yet. If you have somebody come in and, and go ahead and actually run some scanners on it, there are some, some scanners that, uh, they're what, what's called cloud scanners, which go, uh, from your computer, they take suspicious looking files and send them up to the cloud where they're scanned by, you know, six or seven different other, other types of scanners, which, you know, may, maybe the six of them together can, uh, you know, find the newer things, you know. Um, right. That way you have a little bit extra protection. And the other thing is that somebody who knows what they're doing can look at your computer and say, you know, it's just not acting right, something's wrong with this, and then you can investigate further, whereas your scanners won't do that. Your scanners just kind of run automatically when they're supposed to run, and they won't see the new things like that, you know. You know, and as an aside, I, I've seen um, legal-wise that you know, a lot of people say, well, isn't this illegal? And a lot of the malware that we have seen or, or the issues that we've dealt with, they typically involve um, software or websites that you click on, and if you read through their privacy policy exactly. and their terms and conditions, it's there. So from a legal standpoint, people say, oh, can't we go after them? You know, it's in the disclaimer. It's in these terms right. and conditions, and people right. you've know, who reads yeah. that. <laughs> exactly. So okay. So um, aside from those two issues, what else have you seen? Uh, the, the other major thing is uh, a lack of adequate backup and failover procedures. Um, basically, companies don't have good backup. They have, uh, you know, they have a, a backup that might be running that they don't ever even check. They don't know if it's actually running. I had one client where. Uh, they had a backup system that was supposed to run every night. They had a third-party company that was checking that backup and telling them that it was running every night. And then it turned out they had a failure of the drive, and, oh, the backup hasn't run in two and a half years. So they had this third-party company that was telling them that it was running, but meanwhile it wasn't. Right. You know, so they had, they had this drive failure. They had to uh, send the drive out for forensic data recovery, which is like a $2,000 process. Um, they sent it out. They were not able to recover the data that they needed. And in the end, they, they basically had to start from scratch and rebuild their database. And that could be done you know, if they a small business. Exactly. You know, and if they just had, you know, some sort of a, an off-site backup maybe or something like that, um, there's different types of uh, backups out there. There's cloud backups. Basically, I, I would recommend that every company have an off-site backup. Um, if they have, a, you know, an external hard drive and they're doing a backup to that, well, that's great. But if, you know, God forbid the building burns down or something like that, well, both of your, your drives are destroyed and now you have nothing. You know, if you have an off-site backup, you're protected in more than one place, you know, so that's the beauty of that. Um, so certainly, uh, you know, I deal with a lot of that where there's not, not an adequate backup uh, system. Um, they don't have adequate failover systems where they have, you know, a single server, and if that goes down, they don't have the money to buy another one. Um, you know, so there's, there's a lot to do with this. But, of course, you know, my job is to help not only make sure that they have all that, but make sure that they can afford all that. Um, you know, so I certainly work with my customers as far as what they can afford, and I try to do as much, uh, you know, as much of these cost-effective upgrades as I can do, because certainly if money were no object, everybody would have everything they need, and it would be no problem. Right. Now, in your experience, I mean, would you say that the majority of the small to mid-sized businesses are utilizing older equipment 
Uh, you know, I would say the smaller the business, generally the uh, the more likely that they are using older equipment. Um, and by older equipment, I mean uh, anything over three years old. Um, and certainly, I, I've run across some really small businesses that have uh, been running equipment at eight years old, ten years old. Um, and there are things you can do with that equipment to keep it running, to keep it going. Um, generally speaking, you don't need, you know, the best and, and the most expensive computer. Um, even even me, I don't think I have a computer more than uh, that, that's less than three years old right now. Um, but you need enough RAM, and that's the important thing. You need to have as much memory as you can have. Um, for those who are unfamiliar with what RAM does for you, basically I explain it like this, because people are always like, oh, well, I have this huge hard drive. Isn't that enough? Well, a hard drive is where you store your information, whereas the RAM or the memory of the computer is where you can use your information. So basically I like to explain it like the hard drive is, is your garage. You know, you have all your stuff in the garage. If you have a big, huge garage, you can have a lot of stuff in your garage, and that's wonderful but you can't work with it until it's in your hands. So the memory is like your hands. Until you get it in your hands, you can't use it. So if you have bigger hands, you can use more things at once. You know, and, and when you open up a, an Internet Explorer browser, when you open up one window, it might take up 50, 50 megs of, uh, you know, of memory. And when you open up two windows, and now you're up to 100, and, and three windows, 150. So you can keep going, and you can only open enough windows for what memory you have. And then once you open too many, then you have to take things out of your memory, put it back in the garage, then pick up something else, and then put something else back in the garage. And you're doing all this processing back and forth, and it, that's what really slows you down. If you can hold it all in memory, then you can use it all at once. Okay. So for smaller businesses, a memory upgrade or making sure that the machines are running at that optimal memory, that's something that's not terribly expensive uh, in this day and age, no, is that right? No, it's not. No, it's not. It's um, you know, it, it kind of goes up and down with the market, but uh, right now, you know, you can you can pretty much upgrade your memory your memory to maximum um, maximum for that computer for under hundred dollars. Um, so I mean, when you think about that, you go, oh, I don't want to spend hundred dollars. I have ten machines, it's a thousand dollars. But you think about each employee that you have, you know, clicking on something, wasting five minutes waiting for it to come up, clicking on something else, wasting another five minutes, and you go, oh, well, I can burn up that thousand dollars in a week, you know. So it makes total sense to go ahead and put that money in and and get these computers running as fast as they can be running, you know, rather than going out and spending a thousand dollars per user for new machines. Right. It makes a big, big difference. Absolutely. Now what are some of the other things that uh you know small businesses can do? Well, um, you know, the the thing with with the small businesses is again it, it really is based on their budget. Um obviously they want to make sure that they have uh you know adequate security um, data is one of the most important things out there in the world today. Um, you know, most businesses, they don't want their data, you know, in any way compromised, so they want to make sure they have a firewall and things like that on their on their network um, that, it, you know, keeps attackers from being able to get into the network. Um, you want to make sure your security is good, and, and you know, home security is a, is a totally different thing than, uh, than um, you know, business security. Business security, you want to make sure that you have, you know, a, a good... Uh, a good secure firewall on, on the end of the, uh, the network. That way, nothing can get in from the outside world. Um, I've come across companies where they've been they've been attacked from outside hackers, usually in China and things like that. They they attack the uh, the firewall and they just keep hitting it to try to get in to try to steal the data. Right. Now, uh, as far as um, employers go, do you have any suggestions for them with respect to? Um, you know, training or speaking with their employees about you know, the the 
equipment usage, for example, Internet uh, usage and that, that sort of thing? Well, yeah, I mean, you, you really want to make sure that you're very vigilant about what you click on. That's the that's the most important thing, and you can apply that to everywhere you are on the computer. You know, it can be in your email. You want to be very vigilant about what you open in your email. Um, if you don't recognize the sender of something, now I know a lot of businesses get emails from places they don't recognize, so that's kind of a, a difficult thing to judge. But you have to take some sort of a precaution on that and take a look at something and say, oh, you know, this has got an attachment on it. Let me not click on this, uh, you know, you have to read through and make sure something is, is written in, in good grammar. Um, if it's not written with good grammar, generally speaking, it's some sort of a scam of some kind. Um, if you see like, you know, lowercase letters that are right after periods and things like that, you're like, oh, that's kind of a giveaway. Um, there's a lot of different ways to recognize different scams in an email. Um, and again, also on the Internet, anything you click on on the Internet is a potential virus or potential infection. Um, in addition to all of that, you want to make sure that you're not, you know, maybe streaming video all day long while you're while you're running something. Um, you know, some places have great bandwidth and they can afford to do that, but other places don't. You know, out here in California, where I am, there's there's kind of low bandwidth in this valley, and uh, you know, no matter what you're doing, you don't really have the ability to even purchase higher bandwidth. They just don't have it out here. Um, so you have to be careful with how much bandwidth you're using because you know, if, if you're running something on YouTube just for fun. Somebody, you know, three cubicles down is trying to actually get some work done, and they can't because you're using the bandwidth. So, you know, a lot of times when, when employers, you know, they, they put out these policies and they tell you you, know, you can't go on Facebook or you can't use uh, music streaming, it's not always just because they're trying to be oppressive uh, bosses, but there's exactly. an actual productivity uh, reason right, for it. Right, a technical reason, exactly. It, it's they're using up bandwidth, and, uh, you know, that's that's something that's a precious commodity. There's only so much of it. And bandwidth is something that a company can't control, right? It comes in from their uh, Internet service provider. Well, yeah, they, they can to an extent. You know, certain service providers have uh, multiple tiers. They have, uh, you know, you can pay extra and get a higher tier. But like I said, out here in this valley, you know, the, the highest tier is pretty low still. So, uh, you know... We, we have, I have a school that I work with that, you know, they can't seem to get more than more than one uh, one megabit upload, which is pretty pathetic, you know, compared to, like, New York, New Jersey speeds. Um, but that's the highest that's available in their area right now. So when they try to do testing, you know, they're just sending all these answers back and forth along the network, and it just bogs down and all the computers lock up. Okay. So you can you can theoretically, you can utilize successfully in your business an older computer if you make sure that you maintain it and stay away from some of the things that you've spoken about. Exactly, yeah. You need to have you know your maximum RAM that you can have. Um, you need to set it to that performance mode that we spoke about on the blog on my website. Um, you need to make sure you have all the updates from uh, from Windows and all the patches and, and things like that. Um, those are really important. They fix security holes and, and things like that, so they, they make your computer much less vulnerable to threats. I know a lot of people are afraid of doing the updates because, uh, you know, in the past they've had issues with them. Um, but right now they're all pretty stable. All the updates at this point are pretty stable. Um, it's okay to go ahead and say, yes, let's go ahead and do those updates. Um, that's, not, again, again, something that we do in the, uh, the monthly maintenance contracts that we offer. Um, we make sure that the computers are all up to date. But uh, I've personally had computers crash, you know, ten years ago. I've had computers crash based on the updates that I put in and then had to rebuild them. Um, but lately, they've been they've been pretty good. It's okay to take those updates and, and go ahead and install them. I know a lot of people say, speaking of the updates, oh, how long is it going to take? I don't want to do it now. I'll do it later. But are you mm -hmm. recommending that they do it when they pop up? 
Um, you know, it, it depends on, on what their workload is at that point. I mean, if they can afford, you know, to do it at that moment, they can go ahead and do it. If not, um, it's always a good idea to do it that night when you're shutting down. Um, you know, it's okay to put them off a little bit, but uh, it's important to get them in because, like I said, they do patch security vulnerabilities and things like that. Um, and, you know, speaking of that, um, Java is one of the biggest defenders these days of security holes. Um, even if you have the latest version of Java, you still have security holes in it. You know, so it becomes a, a double-edged sword because so many things are written in Java. Um, so you have to have it on your computer in order to run certain things, you know, so depending on what your business access is and things like that, you almost have to have it. But yet, at the same time, you know, it has all these security exploits that hackers use to get into your computer. So it, it's uh, something that, you know, for a while we were recommending that everybody just remove Java. And then we were like, well, all right, well, there's so much written in Java, you, you have to have it. You know, you have, there's no way around it in some cases, you know. So uh, it's just something you really have to watch. Um, something you have to, basically, when you run the scanners, it'll tell you if you have a Java exploit and somebody has hacked your Java. Um, and so then at that point, you'd have to uninstall Java and reinstall it, you know, after the, the scanner removes the exploit, it's still still got it there. So you have to uninstall it and then reinstall it. That way it, uh, you know, keeps that from happening. But, you know, the, the exploit's still there. You can still get into Java. So it's a double-edged sword like that. You have to have it, but it's going to give you security vulnerabilities. Now, I, I don't know if, um, you know, this is something that's really relevant to a lot of small or, or mid-sized businesses, but can you quickly tell us your opinion um, whether or not, if somebody was going to be replacing computers, should they go with a PC versus a Mac? Because that's, that's a, a debate that's been out there for years. Well, um, you know, the thing about that is that, generally speaking, you know, if you can afford a Mac, that's the way to go. Um, you know, because it's the equipment is, is as good or better than the Windows equipment, that's for sure. Um, certainly you can buy a much lesser Windows machine than you can a, uh, you know, a Mac. But uh, the trick is that there's not a lot of viruses, there's not a lot of infections and, and vulnerabilities in the Mac. Um, you know, the more they, they get a market share, though, the more those things will crop up. So, uh, you know, that's just kind of a bet. Like, right now it's not, but, you know, in a year or two there might be more, you know. Um, the, the software itself on the Mac is generally more stable and user-friendly, but, you know, most people in offices have been using Windows for 15, 20 years now, and they just don't know any better. When they, they go to uh, a Mac, they're like, oh, what do I click on here? Where's this and where's that? They're so used to the Windows interface that, you know, it's different enough that it would take them some, some getting used to. Um, I used to tell people that if everybody had a Mac, I'd be out of business. <laughs> um, that's kind of coming around at this point and, uh, you know, changing and, and there's, there's, you know, more more problems with the Macs as, as predicted and, and uh, you know, the Windows machines are catching up. Um, you know, so it's, kind of balancing out, but uh, it is always just user choice. There's generally a couple of fields that should really be on Macs, and that would be like music and art and graphics and things like that. Um, they've always been built around that platform, and they, they just do those things better. But, uh, you know, photography and, and things like that. Um, but if you're doing just, you know, Windows word processing and, and uh, you know, Microsoft Office type stuff, you're better off being on the, on the Windows interface because everything is built for Windows in that case, you know? Right, right. That makes sense. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I really appreciate you talking uh, with us today and uh, for the tips that you've given. I, I hope that it does help some of our small and mid-sized business listeners. Absolutely, yeah. You know, I think that uh, expanding the life of your computer by following some of these tips, and, and they're relatively simple tips that, you know, you just have to be diligent with it. 
you know, and then in, in the event of uh, of a, a more serious problem or something that can't be remedied, um, they can call people like you, and right. it, it's you know it seems to be a, a much easier interaction, especially with the the ability to uh, to remotely access the system. So exactly, that's, that's yeah. and in fact, you know, you just said in, in, in the event of a more serious uh, issue, I would actually recommend that they that they reach out to somebody like me you know, well before they have that issue because, uh, you know, like I run a, a special where I do a business evaluation where I, I look through your computers and I, I see what you can do differently and where you can use those, those RAM upgrades and where you can do those performance upgrades and, you know, how your system is running and, and the security and all that. And I evaluate it all and I do that for free. And a lot of other businesses do as well, a lot of other uh, consultants. Um, right. Basically, it'll give you a good idea of where you actually stand today before you have a problem. Uh, that's excellent advice. Thank you, Chris. Um, again, Anybody that has any questions about uh, this broadcast or any of our other shows or topics, please feel free to call us. Our number is 973-949-3770, and we can provide you with additional information or links to our guests' websites. Uh, If you want to discuss various topics, we'd be happy to discuss them with you. So, Chris, thank you again for joining us today. Thank you for having me. And uh, if you could give us your your website one more time. Sure. The website is www.the-tech-gods.com. That's www.the-tech-gods-with-dashes.com. The phone number is 661-524-5140. All right, Chris Perosi from The Tech Gods, thank you very much. Thank you very much. I appreciate it, Peter. All right, take care. Take care.